Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Hey guys. So recently we got a question that I thought would be pretty interesting to cover And I think it's one that as nosy humans, we just like want to know about everyone's life. And can I please be a fly on the wall for like a week? So this is our version of that. This is an audio fly on the wall, how we spend our days and our weeks inside of our company now. But we're going to start by kind of working backwards. So I think it's really helpful for you to understand what we do now and why we work the way that we do now based on how we used to work and what we've built within our company and within our teams and our systems and all that good stuff. So we're going to take it all the way back to 2015. It's true. So to give you a little preface, I um, highly suggest if you haven't, go back to the very, 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 very beginning of this podcast. And we have some podcast episodes that talk about what Emily did before she met me, what I did and how I started my business after being yeah, laid off. There are off. literally episodes two and four. And then we also did one about how we became partners, but I'm sure we'll cover all of that briefly in today's episode. So 2015, what's going on? Emily was her own boss doing her own thing. And I was about to get laid off for the second time. And I initially started my business by just kind of doing what I had already been doing on the side, but taking it more seriously. And it was really a last ditch effort to not go find another quote unquote normal job. I was very tired of higher, like going up the hierarchy and climbing the corporate ladder. And At the time, I really felt like I was getting judged for my age a lot. I had a lot of business experience, but often was passed up for promotions or passed up for role changes purely based on the fact that I still look like a little girl. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was let go for the second time, it was a blessing in disguise because it finally allowed me to come into the skills I had developed and pursue what I thought I wanted to do at the time, which at the time, it was simply doing what I suggest all of you do and finding my MVP, which was graphic design, because that was my background, and creating a client-based business to serve people with their everyday graphic design needs. And when I say everyday, I mean 
I didn't really pass up a project. If someone wanted something designed, I did it. From billboards to business cards and everything in between. And you were working Monday through Friday, yeah? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, first of all, I did get some notice on my job. So I had 30 days to figure my shit out. So I worked at work for 30 days, whether they knew it or not. And then on your business. Yeah, on my business at my other job. And then when I left, I worked when my husband was at work. So if he worked late, I worked late. I did also work at night when my husband was sleeping. So I worked a lot, like probably 60 to 80 hours a week. Yeah. When did that stop? Probably when you gave me a kick in the butt that summer. And it wasn't even a total like stop 100%. Just I think I went from 60 to 80 hours a week down to 50 maybe. And I definitely tried to slow down because you could tell as an outsider that I was quickly on the road to burnout if I continued. And the reason it was so long, I will say, is because I spent the majority of the daytime hours doing my client work. So I was implementing the projects that I was hired for, working on getting new clients, talking to them. And I spent the evening on building what I thought was the same business, but ultimately was our partnership, but I didn't know it yet. Yeah. So in 2015, I was actually going through my first pivot that I didn't really realize was a pivot until I was on the other side. I had been already spending three years as a small business owner, whether that be for part of it being a cupcake business or like kind of doing odd jobs to figure out what I was actually good at and what I liked doing. But very quickly, even when there was cupcakes or closet organizing or whatever, I identified my MVP. So I had always been good at photography and taking pictures. And so I thought like a lot of people do, I can just make this a business. And so I was really like year three into that already. In 2015 is when I started working with or I had been working with more lifestyle bloggers, people who did like styling sessions for Tuesday morning or Michael's crafts, recipes, stuff like that. So I was working with creative small business owners and really loved it. And so I was kind of starting my first pivot at the very beginning of 2015, where I was working less and less with families in photography and more and more in blogger headshots, styled sessions and then also offering consulting. So at the beginning of 2015 is when my I actually shut down my photography website and made my consulting website and which is emilysays.com. It still exists. It's uh, shifted so many different ways since then. But I would offer like strategy sessions and lifestyle headshots and branding photography packages and I would basically like I think I'm not going to say I was on like the forefront of this, but I was at the beginning of lifestyle headshots and like people who were bloggers or people who were the face of the brand finally getting to be a part of their images and a part of their blog. So for so long, all of the bloggers that I was working with would shoot their own, you know, crafts or their own recipes or their own whatever they were doing for their blog, and they would never be in it. But it got to be so important that brands wanted to identify like the human within that business that I started offering those kind of sessions. So you would 
make your craft and I would get you doing it and your hands and your house and like all of these different things. And so I think I was like on the very cusp of that becoming more and more of a thing and doing flat lays and stock imagery and stuff like that. So I think at that point, I was like still using my MVP, which was photography, but kind of shifting it into different packages, offers and settings to kind of see what what felt good. Well, and after knowing you, I think on the outside, that was what you were doing. But I would say the majority of your time was spent on learning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was definitely getting clients like I had my local space, but I was I knew for sure, so I knew this about myself from from day one, that I did not like one-on-one work at all. And that for me, the pressure of like, I would get sick to my stomach after a session and having to like pop in that SIM card. And I was convinced that every single image on there was garbage, like every single one. And just going through that whole beat up process of editing it and like trying to make it better and wishing you got this shot instead, like it just was not a good creative space for me. And so I knew ultimately, like I had to get out of whatever was causing me those feelings, either I was going to change or my offer was going to change. And it was easier for me to change my offer. Because Emily's stubborn and doesn't change. (laughs) Correct. So I made a course. So I made a course in like March, April timeframe of 2015. So I had kind of unlocked a really cool way after learning from a lot of people, but also implementing and trying it on for myself and a kind of a very profitable way of doing in-person sales as a photographer. So one of the reasons why I did keep my family's sessions is because I could charge them a crap ton more than what I could charge like a lifestyle blogger who was making like 50 bucks from Tuesday morning for their session or for their styled shoot. And so I was making like my thousands of dollars from my family clients after I had learned kind of the in-process or in-person process of selling and creating experience and whatever. And so I decided to take all of that knowledge and make it a course And I actually launched it in like March of 2015. And that was really my first jumpstart into the online business space of doing a webinar and selling a course. So we met that summer and had, I mean, when we met, had really no intention of doing anything together. We were just put in a group where we were supposed to support each other on our own social media paths and really just paying attention to what the other person was blogging and posting on Instagram and commenting and being a good community member so that other people would pay attention. Because I mean, keep in mind at the time, we both had fairly small audiences. They existed, but they were small. And we quickly realized that we had similar ways of talking to people. We were saying like without copying and pasting from the other person, almost the exact same thing. And at one point it was so similar. I actually reached out to Emily and said, PS, I swear to God, I didn't just copy you, but this is coming out tomorrow on my blog. And I just wanted to let you know. And Emily saw it and she's like, Instead of being like upset about it and like defensive because she had theoretically posted something almost identical the day before, she was like, girl, we should hop on the phone. 
And so we got to know each other quickly. It was like best friends at Instagram site, if that's even a thing. <laughs> and we we started talking all the time, um, texting, messaging on Facebook, just swapping business ideas. And I mentioned to Emily right away that I had a webinar coming up and was like, not sure at all what to do. And I know she had done a webinar. And so obviously, she was an expert one whole Well, and we go over this more and like, how did we become a partner? So I don't want to linger here, but like, I'll just fast forward through, we decided to work together. And so therefore our days looked drastically different. So before I met Abby, I mean, I was very much leaning into the, I'm my own boss. I can do whatever I want any minute of the day mentality. And granted, like I was doing shoots on the evenings or weekends, because that's when families were available. And I was editing that night usually. And then their viewing sessions were always at night, usually on a weekday. And so I kind of started to like add up the time of not during normal hours that I was working and like took that out of my normal hours, or I would be like quickly, quickly burning myself out. But I will be the first to admit, like before I met Abby, I was abusing the privilege of being able to work from home and do whatever you want, whenever you want. I wasn't like sleeping and watching a lot of TV, which I'm actually really surprised that I wasn't doing that. I would get up when my husband got up, but I would like take forever to do anything in the morning. I would grab lunch with family. I would like go to the grocery store with my Nana and like anything that was just like, let me hang out and do errands with you. Like I was down. Yeah. And I didn't know that at the time because I was so busy hustling. I didn't even know there was any other way to do it, really. And so I feel like a lot of the way we started was how can we create structure so that you could thrive, but relax it a little bit so I wasn't working my ass off all the time. And so we started just like, dividing responsibilities that were already in existence, but trying to help each other out. And we we decided, and like Emily said, we go over this in great detail, but that it made sense to utilize my website and my Instagram at the time, simply because I had a few more hundred followers or something. And so Emily started taking over some of the blog responsibilities and we would swap back and forth. And we quickly got into doing client work together. And a lot of that was, it was just divide and conquer. So I did all the graphic design, web design, branding, and Emily did all the stock photography and product photography. I know that was not necessarily her favorite thing that she ever did. No, absolutely not. But I was very excited of like, I knew that those clients were were big ticket clients. And I knew we hadn't quite figured out that A, we were even going to stay in business together or sell other things together. So again, it's always going back to that MVP of like, well, if all else fails, I can make 5K by shooting the jar of pickles. Like I know that I can do that and I may hate it. And I may like when I put in that SIM card, like get that icky feeling, but I can get past that and get over it. And I can get feedback from Abby, like which you helped me a ton in like, you know, styling images and editing and all of that stuff. So we definitely relied on each other to like help us just be like, no, that's good. Like, let's just keep moving. 
But I would say for the first like six to eight months that we were really working individually from each other. Like I would still like run and do errands and get my blog done and like get it uploaded and you would go preview it at night. And then like you would work on whatever. And then if I needed to come to Kansas City, because I was living in Tulsa at the time, I would drive and do photos and we would have weekend long sessions for clients. And then I would come back and I would edit on my own. I would send you the links once files were uploaded. Like it, it was very individualized work setting for a while. Yeah. And I think that started to shift when we decided to move more into teaching. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that we wanted to create new content, new courses, new information, new everything. And so it went into this new kind of way of working that was very collaborative, but also retrospectively, I can say redundant. (laughs) Oh, a thousand percent. Because we would quite literally, I would be on the phone with Emily eight hours a day, easily. And a lot of those times we were working on the exact same tasks. Like we would be in the same dock writing stuff. I would like wait until like, okay, I'll let you finish this thing. And then I have some questions or interrupt each other or whatever. Like it was just very not efficient. (laughs) We didn't know that at the time. Keep that in mind. No, I don't regret doing it like that at all. We got to know each other really well. Like we got to understand how the other person works. And I truly, truly think that that, Working in that way, when I say like we had Google Hangouts on our computers on video, like eight hours a day for months and months and months, I think that that truly helped set us up to like know each other's strengths without really having to identify them, but we just saw them. And so like it's led to us now where we're kind of each departments of different things within our company. And we've like subconsciously just known what those strengths are because of all of that time spent working together. Yeah. So I think that really evolved in that, I mean, for a long time, it was we worked on the exact same thing at the exact same time and lots of checks and balances. And it was good because both of us, I mean, not that we didn't trust each other, but there was no reason that we should trust each other. We had no background. We had no experience with each other. So us checking the other person was... I mean, mainly secrets and and the broken links. Well, and here's a funny thing. So like, here's one example of like, we did not rely on each other's strengths and just uh, uh, like give Abby this task or give Emily this task. So what we would literally do, if I was writing a blog post, I was required to make the graphic for that blog post. I am not a graphic designer. I am not good at that by any means. And so I would take a stock image and like, give Abby multiple options of like different background covers. Should I put the paper clips here or put the notepad over here? Like quite literally. So I would take probably 50 different options. I would edit all of them enough so she could see what they might look like. She would pick one. I would finish editing it. I would like export it in all the sizes that we needed. I would open it in InDesign, do all the graphics. And then I would literally take a picture of the graphic on my desktop because it was too much time to save it and export it to send it to her. And she would say, move this word to the left, make this word italicized, do this. And so I would make the changes. She would give final approval. I would finish uploading, blah, 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 blah. But we did that for months instead of like, Abby should have just done all the fucking graphics. (laughs) Well, and to be clear, no one was upset about this at the time. No, not at all. 
No, like this was just normal. Like yeah. I was like, I'm, cool, I'm learning this thing and I feel like I'm contributing and like this is what, not mad about it. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of pretty much everything was done when we needed it to be done. There was nothing like pre-batched. No. No pre-planning. The only pre-planning we got was when one of us made the trip to the other person and we like would do like 20 flat lays at one time. But that only got us through barely a month of blog graphics because we were posting five days a week. And we decided that we needed new pictures for every Every blog post. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I would say for the first good like year of our business, that's how we worked. We were like shadowing the other person, doing the same task at the same time, and not truly like separating out tasks based on strengths at all. Well, and I mean, we didn't know what they were. Oh, for sure. We we just went with the flow. It was go with the flow mode for a long time. I think big shifts started initially happening when we were pre-planning for your maternity leave and then... I got moved here. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. When you moved here, that was the first thing. And then it was very soon after we're planning for your maternity leave. And then I got in the massive car accident. And so it was literally, how can we simplify? Because even though it was working, like, because keep in mind, our first year, our first full year in business. So the 2015, we were each other's contractors. Everything was gravy. We made what we made. Keep in mind, we didn't start working together until September. The following year, we did 190000 And the year after that, we did half a million. So we, I mean, we were on major growth mode, right? And to go from 60 to 190 to half a million was a lot. It was a lot different. And so we had to come up with more systems. And we knew with baby on the way, it was more out of necessity than anything else. We were like, you know, I think we should figure out how to pre-plan a little better and like figure out stuff in advance. Quite literally, October, November, December of 2016 was the first time we had planned for more than like two weeks in advance, literally. And in those three months, we batched everything for my mat leave and not knowing that Abby was also going to take time off after the first of the year, but we were prepping for podcast episodes to go out when we didn't want to record. We were prepping for a launch to happen when we only wanted to show up for the webinar. We did a webinar the day before my daughter was born. (laughs) Like we, but everything else was scheduled, batched, planned, everything and we weren't planning for like literally the the day Penny was born, Abby was also like, okay, I'm out. But we had so much planned and for like the opportunity for sales to still come in that not only were we like very pleasantly pleased with, okay, all of that work actually paid off. We made this much money. That's great. But I think we both looked at that as like, cool, how can we do that even bigger and better next time? Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. 
I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So we just continue to optimize, plan in advance, optimize, plan in advance, to continue to make that better. And all through that year in 2017, we're still doing live launches. But we did dramatically slow down on the frequency because the year prior, we were launching every two weeks. And when I say we weren't thinking about more than two weeks in advance, it was because we were in the middle of a previous launch. And so we would launch, finish the webinar, start planning for the next launch two weeks later. And just like repeat, repeat, repeat. All year long. And so that year, I mean, being a mom changed you more than I thought it would. Even though you adopted. Yeah. And so I think the biggest thing is, is that so my husband had four months paid paternity leave. Obviously, I'm never going to take that back. Like, I'm not upset that he had that. It's amazing time with his kid. 
But like dudes do not get that. That is not normal. And I didn't give birth. So I wasn't recovering from anything. Like, yes, we're still bonding. Yes, we're still adjusting. But like, it wasn't how it normally is. So quite literally, I feel like if Brian had gone back to work sooner, I would have gone back to work sooner. But it was just one of those things where it's like, well, we're both home for four months straight. So like, I'll like kind of text you here and maybe write a blog post here, but that's it. Yeah, you were very, very part-time that first part of the year. And I think even though you were part-time, I think we both knew that the speed in which we were going had to slow down dramatically. Otherwise, we were going to burn out so quickly. And so we slowed down, launching slowed down, and thus we were able to plan more ahead, which brings us to this year where I think we want to definitely dive through what's a typical day look like, what's a typical week look like. Keep in mind, we went from launching every two weeks to launching a couple times a year to the goal of 2018 was to make as much things automated and evergreen as possible so that live launches were just bonus. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is keep in mind that in January, February, March, April, as of the end of April of 2017 is when we got childcare. So like my husband was going back to work. I wanted to go back to work. So we got childcare. We only had childcare four days a week. And so officially in May of 2017, we were working only Tuesday through Friday. And that was a big shift from prior. We were working Monday through Friday, regular eight to five hours, eight to six hours, because that's when our spouses were gone. But we cut Mondays and we honestly like, I had to go pick up P at 4.30. So we would cut the day at four. And so we used to start, remember we would start at like seven in the morning. Like when our husbands would get out, we'd be like seven, 7.30, let's chat. And I can't drop off P until 8.30. And so it that alone set some real, real hard boundaries on no Mondays, can't start until 8.30, have to wrap by four. And so timing wise, that's what changed. Well, and I don't think now, like if I talk to you at nine, like that's early. It's early. Yeah. So I think we did the 830 to four pretty strictly for like almost the rest of 2017. A, we missed working. B, like we felt like we had some time to catch up since like things had been so quiet the first of the year. And we were excited. We were launching our signature program. We were doing challenges. We were doing really big, exciting things. But I would say like November, no, October, November was really hard because we batched a lot to again, get ahead for podcasting and and launches, et cetera. But definitely going into 2018, it was like, Tuesday through barely Friday? Cool? Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I would say maybe three and a half days a week. And as far as hours, if we put in six hours, that was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But that was fine. Uh Uh-huh. Well, and like structure wise, I think we also have gone back to kind of the old days of us both working like really, really independently more often than we work together. Which I think I know I needed. Oh, for sure. I needed quiet. I needed my brain to have a break. And it's definitely helped that I can pick and choose what works for me based on how I feel that day. And some days are more structured than not. So let's go through a typical work week. And then what does it look like running different parts of our business? So previous to this year, 
there was no real structure as to what day was what task. But this year, I feel like has really organized a lot of things. So Tuesday is dedicated to meetings. And I do not like meetings. So I do not want to meet all day. But if we have a meeting, we try to schedule it on a Tuesday. We do have a meeting with our team, like our core team every Tuesday. First thing. And then that usually lasts for like an hour, hour and a half. And then we might have some calls with other friends or people in our industry. We've had a lot more masterminds this year than in previous years. I think we're in four or five between the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Between the two of us, for sure. If we have a team, if we have a meeting with like our CFO or our ads team or anyone on our team wants a meeting or our mastermind, that's like it falls on a Tuesday. Or at least that was the goal. I mean, some some are some of that. some of them do get scattered somewhere else, like depending on high priority. But generally, like if we have really more than two, for sure, three meetings on a Tuesday, that's really all that's getting done because oh, it exhausts sure. both of us. Like having meetings and doing like a lot of talking. So like a day when we have a ton of podcasts, like we are just done. Well, and the difference is when Emily and I work together versus having a meeting, it is just 100% different. I don't think the two of us wear each each other out nearly as much as when we have to interface with other people that just don't get us on the same level. Right, right. Like I think we could do like six podcasts in one day, but if you throw in two interviews and a meeting, I'm out. For sure. So Wednesday is podcast day and we try to do between two and four episodes a day and ideally a mixture of both our own and of guests. I also want to point out that, so I work out in the mornings. I get back home at around 630, which means I have about two hours before I really need to get pee out the door for anything. And some days I will like maybe paint or read or whatever, but most days I'm like kind of checking in on active campaign and seeing if there's anything that needs looked at or like collecting data or just like doing very small things that can take me just like a little bit of like quiet time. I do like getting started really early and doing some of those stuff and feeling like I've already checked some stuff off my list when I come to like a meeting or like an appointment or whatever that we have. So that doesn't happen every day, but but about three days a week that happens. So when we're wrapped with podcasts, we spend Thursday on interfacing with our community. So we try to schedule the majority of live webinars on Thursday, Facebook Lives on Thursday, outward like collaboration or video recording on Thursdays. And it's really a day dedicated to y'all. Well, and it's also dedicated to like, I feel like we we do put a lot of our brainstorming stuff on Thursdays because if it's directly tied to like, an, like monies, then if we need to plan it to, in order to make money, it's generally happening on Thursdays. Those used to happen on Fridays, but hardly nothing happens on Fridays. Friday no. is a catch-all. Friday is random. We try to leave it blank if we want to have, you know, 
lunch with a friend. We'll do it that day. A lot of like personal appointments end up happening that day. So Emily doesn't have, or Emily does have childcare, but it's like her alone time. So I also use that day if I have to do a lot of writing, I like to get out of the house to write. And so I'll put that time block on Fridays. So I'll like drop off pee, go to the coffee shop, spend a couple hours writing. Like I'll probably do that this Friday because we're doing a lot of planning tomorrow. And during the summer months, my husband is off at noon on Friday anyway. And so I spend the afternoon with him. So we'll go to the movies or go to lunch. We like plan our meals for the week and go grocery shopping. Just a lot of like basic everyday things happen that day. I kind of flip flop it and put my like personal appointments on Monday because since I don't have kids and I can just make that work. So Friday is like half work, half like dedicated towards family. I wanted to run through like our current week this week and like legit run down every single day. And like, this is what we did. And this is what's on the calendar just so people can like truly see like the time blocks of stuff. So I'll start with our work day of the work week is Tuesday We started the day with a team meeting from 10 to 11, which ran over because we had a little bit more team members at this meeting. And then we decided to do like a book review on QBQ, the question behind the question. So it went to like 1140, I think. So it was almost two hours. And then we had a mastermind. It's a mastermind that we lead with some of our friends. We had that from noon to 130. And then there was a like a strategy guest expert session in another mastermind that we're in that I caught the tail end of because it started at one. So I hopped on that at like 1.30. And then Abby had a massage at three. So in between the strategies or the guest expert session, we talked on the phone for like 45 minutes to kind of recap like the meeting and ideas we had for and kind of brainstormed a couple different things. But they're good things. Oh, a lot yeah. of a, I would say not all, but a lot of the big changes or improvements or awesome sauce things that happen around here are based on our conversations with other entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. We get inspired and we go down this rabbit hole of like, okay, now here's how this could work. <laughs> so today, Wednesday, I worked out this morning. We so start oh good job. We started with a September check-in with our ads team from 9 to 9.30. We did have a guest interview scheduled at 10, but it got rescheduled. So we used that time to record, re-record a bunch of the ads that you hear on this show. And we're recording this episode. We have a meeting at 1.30. So we'll probably try to fit in one more of our own episodes for the podcast and lunch, hopefully. And then we have another mastermind tonight at three. And then you have a mastermind at four. And then I have a junior league meeting at six. I also have childcare every Wednesday night. So if we have anything in the evenings like girls night or junior league meetings or whatever, that's when I try to schedule them. So then tomorrow, we start our day at 9.30. We're going to hop on probably a video call and spend a couple hours planning some things that are coming up in the future. They're so we've got to yeah, outline and brainstorm and schedule dates and do all this stuff. 
Then we have our monthly planning session with our Goal Crusher Club at two. And then if we can fit in another solo episode, I have it on the calendar. So we can try to start to get like ahead for the rest of the years while we're trying to batch them. So we're wrapping our day hopefully tomorrow at 3.30. And then I volunteer tomorrow evening at Wayside Waves. So if you heard me talk about learning all the things. That's when I have cat 101. (laughs) (laughs) And then Friday, there's nothing on the calendar right now, but I will probably based on our planning session tomorrow, probably spend the morning writing. And then I do know my mom has a show this weekend and she would love my help setting up. And so I'm probably going to help her do that and make her buy me coffee and lunch. And then there's a sangria fest (laughs) on Friday and Saturday. And so I'm going to try to go to that. And I have a shower on Saturday, and then we have Taylor Swift Saturday night. Yeah. And on Friday, I am getting my physical for life insurance so that if I die, Emily is taken care of. Oh, yay. (laughs) (laughs) So as far as like, how does that like that to me, if I was if I was an outsider, I'd be like, Literally, you sound like you're in meetings all the time or working on strategy or vision, but you're never actually doing anything. (laughs) And I do want to put some caveats in there. Emily and I don't schedule our work time, if that makes sense. So like if Emily, if we do this brainstorming session tomorrow and she knows I need to write seven emails she will just fit that in when it makes sense for her. And sometimes that means she'll block off the calendar so nothing else can get scheduled. But it also means she might do it when she gets home from a workout or on the afternoon over the weekend. I like to batch a lot of the things I do. So I might, you know, work on oily stuff and then have like a four hour chunk devoted to like crossing all the little things off. But You'd be surprised at this point how much is delegated to Mm -hmm. our team members. I was going to say like a brief kind of overview for how our session's going to go tomorrow is like Abby and I are going to spend a crap ton of time like talking at first of just like saying all the worst and best ideas. How would it make sense? Let's kind of lay the law of the land out. We need to outline a new webinar. So we're going to open up docs and like put in content for that that's already started. We're going to organize it in a way that our person on our team who designs our slides can actually understand what we mean. So we'll delegate that off to her. Um, I still do all of our tech. So that means like setting up a webinar, setting up a lead page, a registration page, because we need to have that stuff ready for our ads team. It means deciding on like the bullet points for the webinar, the title of the webinar, and like starting to write that copy for emails and promotions. Abby, since I do copy for like emails and Facebook ad copy, Abby takes any of that or her own ideas and starts to schedule Instagram content and stuff for stories or the Facebook group. So we'll definitely plan and start to actually do some of that stuff like tomorrow and Friday because like stuff is coming up pretty quickly. But whatever we can delegate within our planning session like gets delegated. Yeah. So at this point, a lot of the copy, the voice behind our business, whether that's in attitude or in photography or in like written word, like that's still done by us. But the customer service side of things, the getting people to sign up based on ads is done by someone else. Like 
there's still bits and pieces, but I would say the core vision, the core, like what is happening? When are we launching? What are the dates? Like that's still handled by us. And I don't think that'll change anytime soon. I do think at some point we might stop doing tech support and we might have someone setting up pages for us. But for the most part, stuff like that, we've improved the process so much that it literally takes five to 10 minutes and everything's done and it all works. And if we delegated it and tried to like say what we were meaning, like I swear to God, explaining it would take 10 times as long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I can literally be like, do you want that landing page that has just like the full color or the one with our faces? And Abby's like, oh, I want this one. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. No one else does. No one else knows what that means. And unless you're like a super fan creep, you might know what that means because you've seen both of those variations of our lead pages. I mean, it's stuff like that, that if we're prepping for a launch, like there's going to be more planning and writing and promotion stuff, but it'll be done. And we are going out of town for a big part of this promotion. And so we're making sure our team is equipped with all of the things so they can kind of handle stuff while we're out. Because when we're out of town, we like to be out of town and not having to check in on stuff. And that's definitely gotten better. Like we've definitely done vacations before in the past where we're like, oh, shit, shit, shit. But we've definitely gotten better. When Abby means like vision and like projecting the bigger picture of our business, like I didn't really like neither one of us really quite knew what that meant. I feel like until this recent planning session, because typically in the past, it's been like, do you want to do a webinar next month? Sure. Let's plan it. What are we going to sell? Sell this. Boom, boom, bop. Here's some old emails. Put it in. Everything's great. But with like the conversations we've been having within our company about making some really, really big, amazing changes, like we're really having to analyze even a simple webinar, a simple launch, a simple promotion, a simple open of the cart. And, and look at it from all sides of how it affects our bigger picture that we're wanting to do within a couple months or next year or whatever. Like, I don't feel like we've ever looked that far ahead of something that we're doing in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. It, there's all a big plan for it to all roll up into like one nice little package. And I don't think ever <laughs> could I like explain to someone the intricacies that go into that. Oh, my Lanta. Because like, I can say to you, well, we can't have those words on this particular slide because of X. Of and like, yeah. literally, she's like, like, erase. Now it says this. I process <laughs> everything you just said. And yeah. we're going to yeah. do it this way so that we can utilize it for the next six months instead of whatever. And to redo it in 30 days. Yeah, It's just so much better. I don't know if it's so much better, but it's just been nice to have someone that I can communicate like that with. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as like, what does it mean to be the visionary and how did we come into the CEO role? I actually did a podcast episode on a friend of ours podcast, and I definitely recommend listening to it. I re-listened to it and I was like, oh, this is actually really helpful. <laughs> That's just uh, smart. <laughs> so if you go to the Profit Planner podcast with Haley. I did a podcast called Coming Into the CEO Role. And I talk a lot about how we divide our company and talking about top of funnel and end of funnel and what that means to Emily and I and how we interact with our team and what our team looks like. And 
this episodes are getting crazy long. So I definitely think <laughs> this that would be a good part two to this episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you're not done hearing from at least Abby's voice, <laughs> then be sure to go give that one a listen. Uh, I hope this gave you a good insight. I know week to week and day to day, it looks different. This is a heavier week than normal. So this isn't what like we don't usually have this many things happening. But I hope that kind of gives you an insight into like what it is that we actually do and how often we work and I hope it it both reassures you and inspires you to like do crazy. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.